Welcome to the Arone Sports Podcast. Listen in as professional handicappers Frank and Rob break down this week's wagers on a game-by-game basis. It's immoral to let a sucker keep his money. Is there a lot of money to be made in that line of business? Nothing is impossible. You can shear a sheep many times, but skin him only once. Obsession is a young man's game. This is exactly my point. Take it easy, take it easy. Simple mind paper, not easy. What's all that about? You're my older brother, and I love you. But don't ever take sides with anyone against the family again. What I think I meant to say was just when I thought I was out, they pulled me back in. I'm here to give you a show what it's missing. You guys are crazy. You ready? Ready. Set? Set. One, two, three, go! Welcome back to the Your Own Sports Podcast. It is January 4th, 2019, coming on a Friday this time. Had uh, some scheduling conflicts here earlier in the week, so we had to keep pushing it back with uh, New Year's and then just uh, busy, busy with work here for the both of us. So coming to you on a Friday, but uh, I figure better late than never. Still got two games tomorrow and two games Sunday, so there's still a little bit of weekend time to catch the pot here before the games this weekend. And it took us a little bit to get over the, the hangover of that sad depressing Vikes game as uh as fans so anyway let's uh bring on the other member of the pod let's go upstairs uh Crabber, wake up how you doing there Crabber? yeah i've been up uh that's for sure uh not too bad huh? how how are you doing yourself pretty good pretty good so it's nice having a couple truncated work weeks back to back here with christmas and the new year's and it's fun fun holidays overall but now it's kind of nice to get back in a routine here and and uh, you know, get back after it, even though there's not much football left. But just kind of, uh, you know, the holidays are always fun. But then it's kind of nice when they're over with too. So anyway, uh, should we jump in? And even though it's already uh, close closer to next weekend than it was last, uh, might as well start off with a little weekend recap. The weekend recap. All right. So how did uh, week seventeen treat you? Yeah, wasn't uh, maybe that's why we didn't do it. Uh, it took so long here because there wasn't much, really wasn't much to talk about, at least from my my own perspective here. No release plays officially, and uh, very few bets. I don't even know if I bet anything myself. I had a handful of plays from people I follow, but uh, yeah, personally, I don't think I had much at all. So I was, uh, I'm glad I did for the most part. Most of my opinions or leans would have been pretty much in the wrong direction. It seems like that's how Week 17 is. Like I said, it's almost like a a preseason type of game or somewhere it's a lot more about injuries and and who's playing and who's not uh which is similar to preseason so all in all glad i stayed away and uh didn't uh bite on anything that was kind of leaning towards or anything so uh for me it was pretty uneventful which uh uneventful is sometimes better than losing so, or not it's always better than losing but sometimes uneventful is good so in this case it is how was your yeah. how's your own uh week 17 yeah pretty much the same thing i didn't have any plays either and just wasn't much i liked and just the games in general I and mean, we i know we kept critiquing over and over again just how poor the especially the early games just everyone basically was meaningless and a blowout and just about as unexciting as it can get for a week 17 and then there's a little bit of drama in the afternoon but the minute we just kept hoping for the vikings to wake up and at least make it interesting and they just never really did and philly just handled washington to to secure their spot and then the baltimore game came down to the wire and other than that uh, there wasn't a whole lot of drama there. And then even this night game, Andy pretty much had that in hand the, the whole time. So from a football perspective, just as a fan and uh, entertainment, it was a pretty weak uh, week 17 overall. So it's kind of disappointing, but hopefully uh, these playoffs will make up for a little bit of that in terms of uh, excitement. So 
anyway, we uh, I think we only there's only one example of getting the best of the number, but let's go ahead and do that. Getting the best of the number. All right, take her away. Yeah, like you said, uh, one example. Actually, you found it, but uh, something. I guess I wasn't paying cl- quite as close attention. This week's a little bit more. Not quite a good example. You get a lot more line movement. Like I said, it's kind of like a preseason game. Uh, week seventeen, at least the majority of them. So uh, a little bit easier to move the number, and uh, the bookmakers will be a little bit less uh, confident in their lines. So they're going to be able to move them a number a lot quicker with money. So not really necessarily the case in this one, but uh, it's not quite as good. I think uh, throughout the season we had a lot better ones. But you know, might as well throw it in the segment here. Um, I know you were on the opposite side of this. Uh, Atlanta minus one was the opener in an Atlanta Tampa Bay game. That was the opener. Was Atlanta was a one point favorite on the road. That got all the way to I think Tampa was one one and a half point favorite at uh, at the midweek. I know when we did the podcast. That's about what it was at. Um, I know added you- at one, and I think it might have even got up to two. That's because I thought there was a chance after we get to the bottom. Like oh, this might get all the way to three, and then I really love my minus one. And then that came out that uh, Winston was not might not playing the whole game, and some scrub backup we've never heard of was going to play a good portion of the game. But anyway, sorry, continue. Yeah. So then, uh, by by the kickoff, I guess that uh, yeah, the information came on that. Got all the way up to Atlanta three, I believe, in a lot of places. So, um, and that one landed thirty-four to thirty-two, right on two. So, uh, if you just take the opener and the close, uh, opener Atlanta one, and then take away all that middle movement with the Tampa Bay game, and just take the closer, which was Atlanta three, uh, you know, still going right through two. So, a uh, pretty good example of uh, getting the best of the number here, Week Seventeen NFL. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, all right. Well, let's uh, look. There's the only the yeah two wild card playoff games here and. For each conference, so we got two Saturday, two Sunday. Uh, for the most part, pretty intriguing matchups, at least. There isn't, you know, the garbage third-string quarterback versus the team that went 7-8-1 and one to make the playoffs. So that's always that's at least nice from that perspective. Uh, let's do it. The first game, the early game on Saturday. It's uh, 4.30 Eastern start time. We got uh, a- AFC South matchup. We got Indy heading to Houston. This will be the third time, obviously, these guys played, being in the same division there. Uh, Houston won one-and-a-half-point home favorite and a total of 48-and-a-half. Okay, yeah, this week I'll do uh, typically what I do. I'll get my power rating number, the Westgate opener and the Westgate total opener. Uh, no look headlines, obviously, being the playoffs, so we're going to just disregard those for, the, I guess, the, the rest of the season here because we're not going to have them. So let's get started here. Uh, yeah, Indy at Houston. My power rating here, Houston minus two. Westgate open Houston minus two and a half total here open forty seven, uh yeah quite a bit of upward play on this total here going through uh, key numbers of forty seven and forty eight uh, sitting at forty eight and a half uh, a lot of shops a few forty eights out there as well and yeah I agree with the move um, didn't bet it myself but I have uh, one of my one of my play uh, guys I follow uh, actually on the over here in this game I think I got it uh not sure what I got it at but yeah I got it at a better number than what it's at so I think I agree with that uh, some some high points here. Expect a little bit of high-scoring offenses, I believe, here. Um, and then that Houston defense, I guess we'll see. But I know that one, the big thing, the key for Indy, at least uh, towards the end of the season, uh, or the middle to the end of the season, I guess that offensive line's been really keeping luck upright and keeping them healthy and not getting hit a whole lot, not getting banged around in the pockets. So that's obviously a huge help for any quarterback, but let alone a pocket passer that's not the best of scramblers, per se, or scrambling type of quarterback in luck. So... Uh, that, that'll be huge here to see if that, uh, indie offensive line can hold. I don't really see why I wouldn't. Um, so we talk about the point spread perspective here. 
Um, I, it's, it's kind of strange. I feel like a lot of love for Indy. Uh, I kind of like the Indy side going uh, going into the playoffs here. I think I told you. I think that I kind of like them as an outside chance to to make the Super Bowl and make maybe make some noise and. In the playoffs, but the one thing I don't like is I think they're kind of now, uh, you know, you're, you're definitely paying for it now. That's definitely not a not any value left in any. That's for sure. It's been extracted, I think, and not necessarily like them in this game necessarily either. I think it's not the best of spots. The way they have to travel to play the late game and uh, obviously a, a win and get in in a divisional game against Tennessee, week 17 there on Sunday. So I mean, it's not really the best of spot. I think it's more of a Houston can kind of more you know glide into the playoffs type of thing and. Which sometimes it's good like that, and sometimes it's bad. So you might, you know, it's a wild card playoffs. So that's uh, you know, sometimes it doesn't really catch up with you the, the fatigue and the exhaust uh, factor of going in and out. So you know, I I can maybe see Indy getting through here, um, but yeah, I just really don't have a whole lot of opinion here on the side. I, I feel like there's uh, too much too much support for everybody's like an Indy from everything I've heard, and it's a lot of times when you get that, it's a lot uh, pretty scary when uh, every it's kind of one sided, not just the public looking one way, but when you have everybody that I listen to, whether it be Sharp Republic and uh, everyone I talk to, you know, it's just pretty much Indy, and, and Houston's not getting a whole lot of love here uh, after winning the division and, and looking pretty solid, uh, and not even that uh, noticeably well fashion, but kind of just under the radar and, and getting jobs done and close games, so I can see them being a little bit of an under-the-radar team here, so um, like I said, I'm going to stay away from the side, but uh, yeah, total, I like a little bit of, a little bit of the over on the, little bit of a lean on the over here in this game. Yeah, it's frustrating because, I mean, we talked for weeks and weeks over the cross regular season that didn't totally buy Houston even when they won that nine-game win streak. And even during that, their price never really got out of hand. I don't think any people really bought in that much to Houston. And then and on the other side, Indy, when they got hot, we got they were an under undervalued commodity, it seemed like, for the most part there for a while. And then after they go on a pretty big winning streak there and then get their way into the playoffs, now yeah, the public seems to... Uh, Kind of, I wouldn't say totally be in love with Indy, but they've definitely got on a, a few dates and they're having a great time and they're ready to back them here again, oh I think, boy. in this spot. So it's uh, it's kind of frustrating that it would be nice if you could set this up. I don't like, you know, they talk about how 10, 15 years ago, you know, even more like 30 years ago, the, the betting markets were just significantly softer. And I guarantee this would be a spot here where Houston would be at least a three-point favorite after they have that huge winning streak and they're the three seed and they got home field and everything. Um, just looking at their records and and uh, the their the schedule and everything's on paper. If you didn't really watch the games or look at it any deeper than that, you'd absolutely think Houston's a better team. So I, I want to bet Indy here, but I just think the price is. It's just swung so far in Indy's favor that I just I can't do it. I just, I just don't I don't think it's a good bet. Even though I still think they have a decent chance to win the game. I mean, Houston's got a pretty respectable defense and they can make big plays on offense from time to time with Hopkins and Watson. And you're talking about basically it's getting down to close to a pick'em here at home. It's just just uh, I don't know. It's it's just uh, like I said it'd be too it'd be really nice if. We were getting a little bit of uh, value here in Indy, but I just don't see it here, so that's not something I would force myself. Hopefully, it's a good game to watch. Uh, usually, these AFC South games, especially the Saturday afternoon ones, are just horrendous, like I was talking about earlier. But this one, we actually get a pretty good, pretty good uh, battle here. So at least, uh, hopefully, if they're not gonna make money on it, hopefully, it's entertaining. Uh, late game is uh, eight fifteen Eastern start. You got Seattle heading to Dallas. Dallas, a two-point home favor, the total of 43. Oh, uh, yeah, my power rating here, Dallas, minus two and a half. Westgate open, Dallas, two and a half. And the total here at the Westgate open, 41 and a half. And uh, similar to that game earlier, the one we just talked about, 
the earlier game uh, on, on Saturday, uh, a little bit of upwards movement on this total. Uh, a little bit, actually, quite a bit more, but uh, yeah, all the way up to 43, 43 and a half. Another one I do got in my pocket, I think, at 42. Um, I, I, I don't really like this over as much as the one before, the game before, but uh, I think, obviously, I'm not going to complain and getting a, a better number than what the market's sitting at. It's kind of hard to not like it uh, at that point, but um, that's from a side perspective here. I I wanted to bet Dallas, I really did, but the more I looked into the game, more I uh, did some research, did my did my work and everything else, and then listened to some other podcasts as well. Just uh, you know, or, or just looking at the, the obvious facts. I mean, it's just uh, a spot right. I kind of want Dallas, but uh, I just haven't really been too high on the Seattle team. But problem is, is it's just hard to take Dallas here. Um, I know I don't know. I heard it somewhere, but about how taking uh, uh long term, if you look at the last like thirty, twenty or thirty years, something like that, taking a uh, then in this wild card round, taking the the dogs less than three have been really profitable over the years. So that's uh, one thing that point to Seattle, and you know, it kind of makes sense. You're kind of getting a team that's better. You look at the the position. Uh, the wild cards are not always, but they're you know, the team that wins the division is uh, less likely to be as good as you know, like a wild card because they might have a team like, for example, Seattle having a a big big team like the Rams in front of them, or like the Chargers and the Chiefs having a team that's better than them in front of them. So. A lot of times, that five five seed and uh, the wild card is, is usually pretty strong. So you you usually see these these short home dogs here for these uh, the the seed matchup. Uh, you know, it's not really surprising, I guess, and uh, not really accounted for enough almost in some sense because you have a, a a team that's rated seated higher, but uh, or seated in a better position, but yet the uh, you know laying less than a field goal. So you kind of see that here. But with that, well, all that being said, it just feels like uh, I don't know. You, I, I want to bet Dallas because I feel like Seattle's a little bit overrated. I don't think they're as good as the people are giving them credit for, and uh, I think they have quite a few holes, and just definitely not the same team we've seen in the past. But really, to talk about a playoff at home uh, with Prescott, um, yeah, against Russell Wilson and, and Pete Carroll, it's just it seems a little daunting to me. And uh, the only way I can lean and look at here would be Dallas. But uh, yeah, I, I, a little bit of money on Seattle, and uh, if, if it gets low enough, I'll probably take a little bite on on Dallas, just got out of principle. But uh, boy, I really don't like the idea of backing them uh, in in this spot. To, not necessarily the spot from uh, positions from you know week 16, 17, or anything like that, but more so just the spot of them at home and, like I said, the coaching disadvantages and everything that the whole Dallas, uh, you know, <laughs> the whole way Dallas plays. So I just don't uh, don't know if I can get there or not, but that'd be the only way I could look. Uh, and also real quick, um, I know I, me- I mentioned, I've heard it, heard it quite a while, but it's kind of like a deal with this podcast, kind of compile information and give you guys a one-stop shop to make sure you got anything you need to know and i think uh, it's pretty interesting i'm sure i'm sure you listen to frank but uh that whole power strength schedule thing i'm sure you know what i'm talking about but i think it's uh something to keep note of i know i, I think we talked about on the podcast last year uh but i just want to what the, what the basically what the deal is do you want to explain it i kind of talked to you a little bit do you want to go through that or do you want me to yeah, you can go through it. I, I know what you're talking about, but I don't know the exacts. Yeah, so, so basically, it's uh going back. I think since this playoff format since like 2002 is uh, is what the, is what the stat is. But it's I don't know what the numbers are, but it's uh, pretty ridiculous. Uh, straight up and against the spread, it's just the uh, and basically what the the formula says or the trend is is uh, taking the better strength of schedule doesn't matter anything else. Take everything out of the equation. Just what what team's better? What's what team's had a harder schedule? And uh, bet that team blindly. And then it even gets more extreme when you take a bigger margin of uh, a difference of strength of schedule. So, for example, I, I got them down here. So, like, for the first game, Indian, Indy had the easiest strength of schedule. They have 30, 32nd in the league, and then Houston was 29th. Now you look at this game, Seattle had the 25th uh, hardest or easiest schedule in the league, and Dallas had the 11th uh, strength, uh, ranked strength of schedule. 
a difficult time talking today. But um, yeah, so you look at that difference between Seattle 25th and then Dallas 11th. Uh, that's obviously a pretty big, uh, pretty big difference there. And, and and you just look at the principle. You can't just follow trends because you can obviously data mine anything you'd want. It's more so you got to look at it. Okay, does this actually make sense? You see this trend, and, and to me, it makes sense. I mean, you have a team that the records are a lot of it, but then you look at okay, uh, who's played the harder teams here at the end of the year? Because you're 17 games, obviously, or 16 games, but 17 weeks. You get a pretty good sample size here of what teams are good and what teams are bad. So you can kind of see okay, these te- what. What kind of caliber teams have these teams played after after going to the playoffs here, and and, and the records kind of a lot meaning a lot less meaningful. And like you said uh, at the start of the pod or a little bit ago at the first game about how uh, several years ago, 10, 20, 30 years ago, how much different it'd be just because a lot of it's more based off records and everything. So um, you're definitely not going to get it as good of a bargain, I don't think, on it. But to me, it still makes sense. I think there's still some value. So the way I play it is I'm not going to blindly bet on it necessarily by who has a harder strength of schedule uh which team uh, in, in this wild card matchup but more so it'd be really hard for me to bet against it and then uh it's just more so if i if i do like the one team it's just gonna be uh, further evidence so anyway uh yeah in this in this case here dallas a pretty uh pretty big uh indicator here for this uh that trend uh strength of schedule wise yeah and i think it's just like you said the logic there makes a lot of sense it's not just like your data mining at just some random coincidences that have no relevancy to the game or to the point spread here, but if you look at it, well, what decides the the point spread ultimately is people's perception of how good the teams are, because you're not talking about any motivational spots. Both teams are max motivated, so it's just strictly based on how impressive and good people think the teams are, and of course the team that has played the inferior schedule, people don't say, well, yeah, you know, that team's 11 and 5, but if you look at who they played, it's not that great. And the other teams, 9 and 7, but they played a juggernaut, so I actually think the 9 and 7 team's better. You know, the sharper people will do that, but you're the, the average person that's betting on these playoff games. And a lot of times, the playoff games are more affected by the public than, you know, your average regular season battle between two scrub teams. Um, they're going to look and say, you know, they're not going to dig deeper and say, well, who do they put up these stats against or who do they put up these wins against? It's just, this is what they did this year. And I think somewhat of an example of that is the, uh, you know, as the Vikings fans, I said that going into this year was, I think the Vikings might be better than they were last year when they went 13-3, and three, but their record's going to be way worse. And I don't know if that was absolutely true or not, but I think the, the, the greater point is that they had a really cake schedule two years ago and looked and had a really inflated record because of it. And then come into this year, uh, with me play a bunch of tougher teams, and you go to Seattle, and you go to New England, and you play the Saints, and you play a lot of the top tier teams, uh, and play in difficult places. It's just hard to win, even for even for good teams. So, um, it's I think that's it. Absolutely makes a lot of sense, and it is, isn't a trend that I would like to buck here. And like you said, if something if it disagrees with what you're feeling, then maybe just pass. But if it lines up with who you like then uh, i'd say that'd be a positive in your direction and in this game here specifically i i kind of wanted to talk myself into dallas too i just think that these teams are fairly equal and dallas i think should get the full field goal even though their home field advantage isn't super strong it's still going to be a playoff atmosphere and with you know the traveling aspects and all that I, i just think it's probably worth three and uh I, I, there's something I feel comforting taking the the strong Dallas defense at home against a Seattle team that is you know has just played well in in spurts this year. But Russell Wilson is he's I like him quite a bit. He's a good quarterback, obviously, but he just doesn't have much to work with. You know, Baldwin's still 
I don't know, not necessarily at full strength. And then they got Lockett and Carson, I guess, but that's about it. And their defense is good against the run, which is a little worrisome going up against Zeke when he's the focus of the Dallas offense. But it's not like they have the talent that they did a few years ago where the defense is necessarily going to travel on the road and carry them to a lot of victories. So my my initial instinct is to lean at Dallas here. But then it's like, yeah, you're getting into a spot where you're backing Jason Garrett and Dak Prescott against Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, which and, and you're and you're laying points. So I mean that's not not a very comforting feeling. And then going back to that stat, uh, you talk about the strength of schedule. I was going to make that point without even looking at that. Just I mean I made this point a few weeks ago and they played Kansas City and they won that game at home, which was a fairly impressive win. Uh, they you know beat the Chiefs 38-31 in prime time. But other than that, their road games this year, they lost to the Niners. They came back and barely beat the Panthers, lost to the Rams, beat the Lions, beat the Cardinals, lost to the Bears, lost to the Broncos. Uh, I mean, as a road team, they're really not that impressive. And uh, I think some of some of their huge home field advantage, I think, kind of clouds people's judgment of who they are as a team. And for a team that a lot of people thought was going to be a rebuilding team coming into the year, they've definitely exceeded expectations. But I think people might be going a little bit overboard by seeing that game against Kansas City in primetime a couple weeks ago and giving them a little bit too much credit. So uh, it's it's not the most comfortable bet, but I, I do like Dallas uh, here at home. That's absolutely the side I would lean towards, and I'm not sure if I'm going to get there and plan them or not, but that's, uh, that's the way I look. So on to the Sunday games. The early game is a 1 o'clock Eastern time game. We've got a rematch here from a few weeks ago. We got the Chargers heading to Baltimore. Uh, Baltimore's two and a half, minus 120, or uh, minus three even money home favorite with a total of 42. Oh, yeah. My power rating here, Baltimore minus two. Westgate open, Baltimore two and a half. Total in this game open, 42. Uh, The rating here for strength of schedule, uh, the Chargers are 24th, easiest schedule, and Baltimore 19th. Uh, so pretty close there, but Baltimore definitely giving the nod, obviously by five uh, five spots there. Um, I yeah, I mean this game to me, I think it's pretty easy. I I, I like the Chargers. It's uh, it's I don't I I'm kind of surprised that the I mean a we saw a little bit of Chargers money right away, so I just assume this would be the line where it's going to trickle down all week long and get down to a pick 'em and and maybe Chargers go off as a small short favorite. Um, but didn't really see that. I just assumed I was going to stay away from the game, but so I'm kind of surprised here. It looks like going yesterday, two days ago, something like that, uh, a little bit of Baltimore money came in and pushed this line up to a three. Um, even right now I'm sitting, I can see a flat three, one of my outs. So, um, yeah, to me at, at three, it's, it's, uh, it's gotta, you gotta be on the chargers, but I think that three is pretty important, especially in a game like this. You look at a low total. I mean, that three uh, could make the difference. So, I, to me, it's a it's, it's a play on the Chargers at three, and then at two and a half, it's uh, either a money line or or a lean because usually you get a little bit better uh, price with that money line uh, in general. But uh, it depends on the number. But um, yeah, so to me, to me, I think uh, you got to look at the Chargers here. Uh, the one thing, obviously, kind of contradicting what I just said last segment, but uh, our last uh, game was about uh, the strength of schedule difference and. I think uh, you, you don't really want to buck that, but I feel like here it's a pretty good spot in other circumstances. I mean, the Chargers played Baltimore a few weeks ago, got somewhat embarrassed at home, and Baltimore took took care of them and wasn't really even too competitive. And, and now you got the Baltimore after a big game, after all the things that happened in Week 17 there to get in the playoffs. Obviously, Pittsburgh winning, and then all the 
Pittsburgh players and fans in Pittsburgh watching the game on the Jumbotron there with the final of the Baltimore-Cleveland game and, you know, just a just a lot going on in that type of fashion and it just seems like, you know, kind of like you saw with Minnesota last year at the Minneapolis Miracle. It's, uh, when you have a big distraction like that, when there's a big, uh, you know, hip, hip and hot to get in, it's, uh, it's definitely a distraction. I mean, you look at the, especially adding the quick turnaround. I mean, yeah, I get it. It's Sunday again, but, um, you know, you gotta, it's not like you're getting a bye week or anything like that, like some other teams. So it's, uh, you know, gotta get right back to business and sometimes it's tough to do that. Uh, what stops me a little bit from this game or that, you know, from loving it uh, by any stretch, I think just, uh, the coaching, I think the Baltimore's got quite a quite a better coaching advantage by a pretty good margin. Uh, but at the same time, I'd you know, look at quarterbacks. I'd much rather have Philip Rivers in this type of position than a Lamar Jackson. And the other thing I'd add in too is uh, Lamar Jackson. The way they have that you know wonky, you know gimmicky offense there, I think the Chargers can be a little bit more ready for it uh, after getting embarrassed. I think they're gonna be able to prepare for, prepare more. I think you'd see that in general, uh, just with any two teams after you play them once and you kind of get to know them better because you can change things up. Whereas a team that won. You're not going to really change things when you when you guys were so successful and, and, and did so well against them. So I think that's normal normal and uh, customary for any team. But then you add in the fact of this Baltimore, you know, this gimmicky offense. So I think it'll be even easier for the Chargers to get accustomed to it and not quite have as much success. So, yeah, give me the Chargers if you can get a three out there. Uh, otherwise, a heavy lean. Otherwise, maybe a money line look at the Chargers here in this game. I think they'd probably get the job done outright is what my look would be. And I think Baltimore's uh, time has come here. Yeah, I totally agree with you. We've, I've, you know, we've both been trying to bet against Baltimore here for a while, and it hasn't totally worked out, even though they didn't cover last week against Cleveland. Um, but yeah, what you're talking about with terms of the potential like emotional letdown. Obviously, Baltimore is going to be giving max effort as every team is this, and then when they get to the playoffs. But you look at the Chargers team that slept walk through a game against the Broncos and really didn't get much accomplished whatsoever, and still easily won the game but didn't really have to exert much energy at all. And not, not quite a bye week, but you know it's not, not necessarily far from it. And then you look at Baltimore, and they're fighting tooth and nail and just an emotional back and forth against Cleveland to even make the playoffs. Uh, it's hard to imagine just human instinct isn't there's like a slight letdown there, a slight exhaustion factor uh, coming in, even though uh, you know it's just one, it's early in the playoffs here, and it's just one week. But they've also, they've been on a run just to make the playoffs because they were pretty big underdogs to make the playoffs a handful of weeks ago. And then ever since Lamar Jackson came in, they've just been rolling off win after win and ended up sneaking the division away from Pittsburgh. So it, it kind of has the feel of a team that you know, kind of achieved what it was trying to. And, um, you know, if, if the Chargers happen to get up on them early, I just have hardly any faith that Baltimore can, can get back in this game. And I think I made this case a few weeks ago, but if the Chargers get up early, I feel really good about a Chargers bet. And even if they fall behind, I feel okay about a Chargers bet. So I think you got to kind of try to push aside uh, that Saturday game they had a few weeks ago and not let that cloud your judgment too much here because we've seen it happen time and time again in the, his- in the history of the NFL where one team will dominate a team in the regular season and then all of a sudden it gets to the playoffs and basically the opposite happens. And people are like, who could have seen that coming? And it's like, well, you know, anybody who's watched football with a keen eye here uh, over the last – handful of years so I, I agree with you if, if i hope the money keeps coming on baltimore and i'd really love this at a three but at, even at a two and a half even money or two and a half plus 105 or like you said taking a money line uh, i don't think it's a bad option here uh, it's not a game that you know i feel like absolutely 100 percent confident no way it loses which i don't know no games you can say that about but it's not one of my strongest plays of the year just because this number is you know shorter than 
Um, it, 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 it could have been at different times, especially with the, how much Baltimore love there seems to be from your, uh, your betting public and just your average Joe just loves Lamar Jackson and the whole storyline. Uh, hopefully that can drive this number up and then he can, if he can take a flat three, then I'd really, really like it. Like you said, with his low total, uh, I could absolutely see this being a close one score game. So I'll definitely take the plus money and the points with what I think is a better team here. Afternoon game. We got the Philadelphia Eagles after they sneak in the playoffs, heading to Chicago, and Chicago's a six and a half point home favorite with a total of forty one and a half. Oh yeah, my power rating here, Chicago five and a half. The Westgate opened this game, Chicago uh, three and a half. I'm gonna double check that here because it looks a little low, but um and then the total here opened forty two. Um this one here, uh a little, little tough game for me. I think that out of all the games, I think this is the one I have the least to feel for. I mean, uh, yeah, not three and a half. It was four and a half. I think I mistyped there. That's what I thought it was. Uh, opener was four and a half in this game at Westgate. Um, uh, so, yeah, just been constant Chicago money. Just kind of trickled in, trickled in, trickled in. So, I, I do have some money in my pocket on Chicago. Uh, again, someone I follow. I don't necessarily agree with it um, uh, 100%. Not necessarily I disagree with it, but I don't know if I can get to the window. Um, but, uh, I think, yeah, five, five and a half, something like that. So I think it's hard to argue, uh, again, getting a good number, but I don't know if I really have a whole lot of confidence in it. So definitely don't recommend it at six or six and a half, but, uh, it, it on, the other, on the flip side, it's, uh, it's tough to bet Philly here. I think too, I think that that'd, that'd be the way I lean for sure. Uh, especially at this number, uh, if you get it uh, at six, but, uh, I think it worries me the most. I think out of anything in this game is just the, the, the health of Foles going out after, that hit he took last game. I mean, they're playing for their life there to win the game. And I think obviously it's pretty much over there in that Washington game, but still, if he was uh healthy or whatever, you'd think he'd play. So that's, uh, I think pretty, pretty telling that he handed his day there and Washington of week 17. And the ribs are definitely a little bit of a, a touchy issue there with a quarterback and then let alone going against the, the Chicago best rated defense in the league. So uh, obviously they get after the quarterback pretty good. So that, to me, I don't, I don't know. To me, I d- the move doesn't really make sense unless it's a, a, a Foles-related thing. So, I mean, I won't be surprised here if there's some kind of information uh, with Foles is a little bit more injured or banged up uh, than, than you'd like him to be, and that's kind of where the move's coming from. Or maybe that's just a, a, a guess type of thing where they're in- inferring that the Foles is going to be a little bit banged up and it's going to not be able to throw the ball as well because if, he, uh, if he's not able to play, I think it'll uh, – Philly might be able to get eaten alive here, so that'd be the my one worry. But, I mean, all in all, I mean, you got to look at this Eagles team and – the way Foles is playing, and you know they, they they're grinders that's for sure, and uh, it's you know it'd be tough to bet against too. So to, to me, I think this game's a, a pretty much perfect stay away, but uh, I won't be surprised if a handful of different results. So um, yeah, me, me personally, it's a pass, but uh, I'll be pretty interested, I guess, to see how this game plays out, and especially the the, the health of Foles there. So yeah, I'm with you. I wanna I wanna take Philly here because I just think it's a lot of points. And I don't trust Trubisky at all. I, I kind of want to bet against Trubisky the same way I want to bet against Lamar Jackson, but I really just really don't like. I mean, Nick Foles has looked pretty good <laughs> for the most part. So if you're just going off you know performance and stats and wins and losses, it's pretty hard to argue with what he's done for the better part of the games he started in the last calendar year. But that being said, I just I just don't trust him, and especially against an elite defense here in outdoor conditions uh in this sunday afternoon game i i I wouldn't be shocked by any means if they hang in there and i think philly's defense is somewhat healthy and and ready to maybe carry the team to a close game here and Foles can make some plays obviously but i just 
I just couldn't. There's no way I could lay six and a half with Trubisky, even with this good of a defense. But at the same token of the coin, I just don't think I could really uh, trust in Foles that he's not going to blow this kind of game. And I think we've been waiting for it forever. And how poetic would that be if after he catches fire and beats the Rams and the Redskins and whoever else they beat down the stretch to Owen oh, Houston to knock the Vikings out of the playoffs, they just go and lay absolute stink bomb and he throws four picks in Chicago. That uh, wouldn't surprise me whatsoever. So. Uh, it's a game that I, I kind of want to back Philly, but uh, I just don't think I'm going to quite get there. So, And it's another game where I, I don't even know who to root for in this one. <laughs> Chicago was, was getting my nerves a little bit last week. And uh, just not, like I said, it's not a big Trubisky guy. So, But I also have zero interest root for Philly. So even outside of a betting perspective, just as a fan perspective, I don't really know who I'd even want to cheer for in this one. So hopefully it's a good game at least. And one of the two fan bases gets their heart ripped out. <laughs> yeah, that's that's one good thing. Yeah, we can count on that, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think the one thing, too, I, I know I mentioned it when we were watching the game, but I think I think it was pretty just idiotic um, from the Chicago staff uh, to to not – I mean, to me, if I was Chicago, I would – I mean, obviously the Foles bang up has definitely helped. I think that's where that line move's coming from. But, I mean, if you had a healthy Foles here, I think this this be sitting right at four and a half, uh, five. I, I would – be pretty confident in that. I don't think it's going to get to as high as six here. I think, like I said, I think a lot of this move is is, is due to the Foles uh, ribs injury because that's a pretty serious injury, specifically for a quarterback. So, I don't. To me, I think Chicago. Uh, I, I don't know. Like I, I would if I were Chicago, I'd much rather play a Vikings team. Having them come into you know our stadium and and coming into Chicago outdoors and and playing uh, with a. Just a team that's not really clicking, as opposed to this Philly team that's getting hot late, and uh, the perfect type of team like we saw. And I mentioned this before, but uh, like the Rodgers team we saw, you know, early uh, 2010s, uh, whatever it was, 2010, 11, 12, whatever that was, when he went on a run and made the sixth seed and then won the Super Bowl, whatever that uh, they won the Super Bowl last. And it kind of has the makings to me like a, a Philly team that could do that. I don't think I'm, I don't necessarily think that's going to happen, but I won't be super shocked either, um, just because they get a little bit of a run going, uh, especially like you said, getting healthier. So. To me, I think no matter what, no matter which way you slice it and dice it, to me, I think it'd be a way easier matchup to play the Vikings. And you look at the point spread, and it definitely, you know, for sure, would have been about a seven here. I would think if uh, the Vikings were playing. So um, you just look at the point spread alone, and then you get the difference of, uh, to me, uh, what what the what why you would want to do that. But uh, that's the problem with this. So it's obviously it's uh, result oriented of how you judge coaches and how you judge decisions. So if they go in and and cream Philadelphia here, then that's going to say, oh yeah, Nagy, how great is he? And you know. Figuring out the play Philadelphia and all this stuff, the way they got everybody kept them in sync against the Vikings, even though it didn't mean anything and all this other stuff. And to me, that's just super annoying because if you look at if you judge stuff off of the way the results go and how how you do do things, not by the process and uh, long term, then it's obviously not going to work. Uh, it's not the best decision necessarily. So obviously, being a sports better, that's uh, the, the the main method to follow. So. I'll be interested. So I guess when you talk about a rooting interest, I guess it comes down to, to me, I, I hate Philadelphia. Obviously, the, what happened to the fans and everything for the Vikings last year, just uh, obviously gut-wrenching to all the stuff that they did, just super annoying. But to me, I'd rather have Philadelphia go in there. And even though I do have money on Chicago, obviously betting against my bankroll there, but uh, would, uh, would 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 rather have Philadelphia than go in there and, and, and prove uh, Chicago playing pretty stupid because I feel like Chicago would have won that game fairly easily against Vikings uh, if they were in the playoffs here this week. But um also, I want to add in, I forgot to mention that strength of schedule uh, for this game here, but uh, Philadelphia, 15th, uh, right in the middle of the league there, 15th ranked the strength of schedule, and then Chicago is 31st, so a pretty huge difference there. So um, if you just if you just followed the strength of schedule ratings, you'd look at Houston, slightly better than Indy, Dallas, uh, quite a ways better than Seattle, uh, strength of schedule-wise, and then you look at Baltimore, a little bit better than the Chargers, 
and then uh, Philadelphia a lot better than Chicago. So that'd be uh, Houston, Dallas, Baltimore, Philadelphia. If you just blindly follow that, and uh, I think the one thing to note too, um, I actually just listened to the podcast too, but they said uh, strength of schedule wise, it's never since 2002 has never lost before. So it's gotten two and two, three and one, or four and zero oh every year. It's never gone one and three or, or I mean, sorry, yeah, one and three or zero oh and four. So I think that's uh, pretty crazy to think about that. Yeah, for sure. Um, not necessarily from a betting perspective, but just uh, who. If you could pick your Super Bowl matchup, who do you think you'd pick off the top of your head? For just an entertainment perspective? Yeah, just like who you'd be cheering for. Or... It'd be hard It'd be hard to have, uh, you know, do another rematch of that uh, uh, Rams-Chiefs, I think, myself. Yeah, yeah, I can't argue with that. I, it's amazing on the NFC side. There just aren't really any teams I'm uh, even cheering for. I guess I would probably say, like, Rams-Chargers or Rams-Chiefs, yeah, I think would probably be my favorite, but... Um, you know, after the Vikings are out, definitely loses some luster uh, other than betting on it. So good thing, uh, good thing we're able to, and a good thing we got three fairly competitive games this week. No huge point spread, so that's makes it fun to watch and fun to bet on. So the AS pick of the week. Yeah, so I had Tampa last week dropped me to seven and eight, and you had a tease that included Green Bay that lost thirty-one to nothing. So I don't know how big your tease was, but I don't think that quite got there. No, yeah, and it was actually no. I actually a thirty-eight point tease actually got. <laughs> I think I pushed on it. So okay, uh, that gets you to five nine and one on the year. So uh, looks like let's see. I think you got the tea box though because you were on fire before that. Sure uh, was. Where yeah. are you going? Um. Well, I think uh, it's pretty obvious here the way we've been talking. I think uh, only one way to look, and that one way would be the Chargers. Um, I don't see probably enough threes. I don't think so. Um, probably just have to take the two and a half. I guess, I don't know. It's three with a little extra juice. I think it's kind of borderline. Um, three, yeah, uh, it's kind of, I don't know. You can go either way, whether you want to take or lay the 120, it looks like. Yeah. So I don't know how to, how to grade that one, to be honest. So I'll just, uh, we'll, we'll we'll call it maybe a push if it lands right on three or I don't know. We'll, we'll we'll figure it out. If it, if it lands three, we'll figure it out. Or two and a half. <laughs> All right, well, I'm taking the Chargers either way. I think the whole it probably. Well, I don't think it'll matter. I think they're gonna win this game outright. So let's uh, hope that happens. And I will take uh, Dallas. Why not? <laughs> I would have taken the Chargers as well, but since I was second up, I'll jump on the boys laying uh, laying two at home. So the old uh, Jason Garrett fanboy, huh? That's right. We gotta get the clapper just to a couple W's here. Oh boy. Uh. So, yeah, a little scary, but, well, you know, you got to do what you got to do. So, anyway, now any concluding thoughts for the wild card weekend pod there, Crabber? No, not really. Yeah, like you said, hopefully we can get the picks of the week back on track after we both lost last week. Uh, again, not not necessarily super surprising with that awful Week 17 card that we had to deal with, but uh, not awful, but that's just the matchups and everything. It wasn't the best uh, betting card, so. Um. Yeah, he'll be. I think, like you said, it'll be interesting to see these games. I'm pretty excited for these matchups to be entertaining, and and maybe maybe not a whole lot from a betting perspective. Uh, no, I'll have a little bit more, definitely more than week 17, but not uh, not gonna be going crazy with the card, especially in four games. But uh, definitely pretty excited here to watch these games this weekend. Yeah, absolutely. And we're both back in town. Just don't don't have a lot of plans, so it'll be nice to uh, relax and watch them critically and, and enjoy the show. And um, that'll do her. But good uh, good luck with your bets this weekend, and good luck to everyone's bets out there. Uh, hopefully the games are good, and we'll be back earlier next week. Uh, we'll be back on our normal time schedule. We'll get it out, get out the pod next Tuesday. No Wednesday. And, 
Yeah, you can look for that or or when or Tuesday or Wednesday next week we call it. Yeah, no, no well, yeah, we're always doing Wednesday, so yeah, it'd be Wednesday or okay. Thursday. All right, we'll get it out Wednesday night then, because I know it's annoying if you're waiting on someone to get a podcast out and you're sitting there refreshing your feed and it doesn't come out. So we'll get it out next Wednesday night. And uh, anyway, good luck everybody this weekend. We'll talk to you next week. Thank you for listening to the Arone Sports Podcast. Check out aronesports.com for all of your sports betting needs, including automatic bet tracking, mobile notifications, free picks, and more.